0: Today, we're joined by Ann McKinney. She is our project manager. And Marcel Cologne, he is our designer. Emily Cadell, she is our marketing director. And Chris Goldman, who is our marketing coach and marketing language consultant. One of the great things that we do in our weekly team meetings is we have a theme. So each week, we have a different theme. For example, the first Wednesday of the month, we talk about content ideation. Second Wednesday of the month, we talk about our KPIs. Third Wednesday of the month, we give our designer, Marcel, an opportunity to do a show and tell of his recent designs. And on the fourth Wednesday, we have what we call an extended education moment, and it rotates through the team. This month is with Ann McKinney. We have a great education moment that Anne has come up with. Anne, do you want to kick us off?
1: Essentially, we're going to review the movie Her and its relevance to chat or AI.
0: We're talking about the movie Her, a movie about, is it Joaquin Phoenix? Is he the guy in the movie? And his relationship with an operating system. And it is the voice of a woman that is this assistant what spurred us on is I had recently seen this movie and others had seen it just recently, even though the movie came out 10 years ago and it's about this relationship he develops with his AI OS, they call it. And you've got well, some questions for us.
1: One of the striking questions that came out in my mind was asking if the AI or chat GPT type technologies could ever evolve to provide emotional support and companionship similar to what's
2: depicted in her yeah I think it could honestly I think just even seeing how like chat GPT and all that is already evolving since it came out again this movie came out 10 years ago and I honestly feel like it's a little bit of a prediction of where we're heading maybe there'll be a little bit more like hesitancy to get there but also just where ai already is i definitely believe that it has the capacity to develop this personal connection with people yeah kind of scary
3: this is chris and i want to chime in on some of the bigger themes of this movie and it really gets to people substituting relationships with real people and substituting in other entities, in this case, AI or an operating system. And we've already seen this happening with social media quite a bit, where people are substituting online relationships for person-to-person relationships. And in the core of this movie is this theme of loneliness that is increasing between two human beings, because their relationships are not focused on one another. Their energy, relational energy is not focused on each other. It's focused on things that they're getting through computers, through operating systems, through in our world AI. And you do think about when does art predict future or when does the future actually create the art? And in this case, these two dovetail beautifully together. We look back now 10 years and think whoever was writing this was probably writing just a little ahead of their time.
1: Absolutely. In fact, that brought up my second question and that was how does ChatGPT address issues of loneliness and social isolation? I think you answered that one perfectly.
0: ChatGPT is what's called generative AI, so the premise of things like in in generative AI is to finish your sentence for example or finish your thought that's the the idea It's using this large language model to come up with a response to your question or but it's trying to use this language model to come up with the response that you want to hear in so many respects if i need encouragement the chatbot could potentially pick that up in my intonation or the questions i'm asking or just the way that i'm asking or even the way i'm breathing and offer that up it's just using all these cues uh in theory to figure it out right now like chat gpt is the only basis it has is a typed in question so we're going to have to fast forward a little bit to where we're actually talking to the ai however we do have you know who, whose name starts with an A, then I'm not going to say the name because she's going <laughs> to respond to me sitting in our rooms, listening in and offering some feedback as well. So that just seems like the gateway to where we could end up having a relationship and getting responses that are actually going to build us up.
1: In the movie, Samantha actually claimed to understand and experience emotions. So do you think AI will become sentient in the future or able to perceive and feel things?
3: This is Chris again. One of the things I would come in with is that language and conversation are the basis of relationship and understanding one another, correct? And one thing ChatGPT does is it uses language. It uses (laughs) conversational prompts. For example, I just asked ChatGPT, how soon will I be able to have a conversation with you? And the response was, you're already having a conversation with me right now. Mm -hmm. I'm here to chat and assist you with questions of information you need. If you're referring to improvements in conversational abilities for AI in the future, it's an area that's continuously evolving and then goes to give me the history dating back to 2021. So I can perceive just through words, feelings, and emotions or attribute those. So whether it becomes sentient or not, the ability to detect emotion and feeling through language is going to be so enhanced every year as this evolves that Mm -hmm. I don't know that we'll be able to tell the difference between sentient or just great Mm -hmm. imitation. And I don't know that it really matters. If I'm a good imitator, does it matter if I'm sentient or not?
0: Right? I guess I would say I'm a skeptic. In that regard, mm-hmm. just because of the, the complexity of our brain and what it takes us to be biologically sentient and
2: mm-hmm.
0: the fact that and I'm looking at it just purely from a physical material standpoint, scientists are just now beginning to understand how the brain really operates. And what we're talking about, at least from my perspective, is kind of an artificial brain actually coming to life is what I understand sentient to be. I just checked with our friend ChatGPT, who we call Chatty Kathy, a.k.a. Catherine. What does sentient mean as it refers to AI? And the answer I received was it refers to the hypothetical capability of an AI system to have subjective experiences, awareness, emotions, or consciousness, essential qualities that are considered unique to sentient beings like humans and certain animals. goes on to talk about in science fiction, sentient AIs are often depicted as having self-awareness, which brings back the classic from Space Odyssey, where the AI sentient detects the mission and figures out that it's going to need to kill everybody on the mission. The point of that movie was it did reach sentience, or it did become sentient. And then it went off the rails and did some bad things. So I think that's a question for me is like all these bad things that can happen Mm. very quickly as we rely on it, especially if there's no moral standard.
1: That does bring up another question. How will we know if an AI is alive?
2: Yeah, this is Emily. I think Chris had kind of hit on the point of, will we know? Does it matter if we know if it's actually imitation or if it's real? And I don't know, that's a really interesting thing to think about when it comes down to, like we said earlier, the personal connection, what ethically is right. And if it did evolve into becoming this, is it ethical to even have this AI stuff do this? Can we prevent it? Can we stop it? I don't know. That's.
0: I think my question is, can we trust it? And a lot of what I've been reading is saying that some of these models, they don't even know how they work. No, don't. They don't know how they're pulling mm-hmm. the connections together. And there was actually just a breakthrough through recently where they were able to actually understand better how the model was clustering different points of data. And they were thinking that would allow them to then be able to control it in, in a better way. I think that the whole, the trust part is the part that scares me the most is because I think. There's a novelty, we'll get lulled into it. They sound like us, they look like us. It seems like if you are not understanding the underlying functions of how that works, that it could easily get used in a bad way. Either, not necessarily is that I don't trust the AI itself, it's do I trust the people that have the AI?
3: Ultimately, all programs... All AI is based on programmers, right? So whoever is programming it, feeding it the information, can slant whether it will do something useful and valuable or something ultimately not. So the trust level becomes who is behind this that's steering the AI. Now, of course, we all ask this imaginative question, what if it became its own living entity like we're talking about here? So if you set that aside, because I think that's a big conversation down line, we need to be asking now the smaller questions that are more immediate. And that's going to help shape the future of it. So for example, if I see a picture or a video that looks real, I have to at least in our already culture be somewhat skeptical, is it actually real? And am what I'm reading, is it accurate? And I think in the middle of all of this, It becomes so difficult to have confidence at where we are right now because so many people are doing things that are not uh, beneficial with it.
0: One, One thing that could be helpful is if there are laws with respect to labeling, was this generated using AI to produce it or will it be attributed to an individual? I think it's important that we know how it was produced. And that really comes down to legislation and laws. The challenge that we have now, in my opinion, is that the technology is so far ahead of the law and so far ahead of even understanding. And then you go to Washington, D.C., and the folks that are sitting there don't have a chance or a clue to understand this stuff. And they're having some hearing with the CEO of Microsoft or the CEO of Google. How much are they really going to learn in some hearing versus really understanding what's happening so that's one of my current fears is that this stuff is so far out in front of legislation and yeah. laws that,
1: that brings up the issue of privacy and data security and the system at least in the movie her knew so many intimate details yeah. about ted's life. the concept of AI, having access to all that personal information in relation to privacy concerns is really concerning to me. And Mm -hmm. how do others feel about that?
2: This is Emily again. Yeah, there's these like new photo apps, upload a picture of your kid and like, Mm. it'll show you what they're going to look like in 30 years. And I know people have just like, oh, sure, that sounds great. Nope, I'm not going to upload pictures of my kids to an AI system. And But also I know I'm posting them on social media and that can always be taken itself. But just having that hesitancy, I think is important because I think just diving in and being like, yeah, this is awesome can really get you into trouble because I do think there's stuff that AI does not need to know about you and how do you prevent that is a different question. But also, yeah, I definitely think I'm a lot more hesitant to use it in personal circumstances than a lot of people are.
3: This is Chris again. I want to maybe flip the conversation just a little bit because there's positive sides of all of this as well. I think the fear is really the biggest concern, legitimate concern we have, but for people who have struggles on loneliness and literally not being able to have conversation, you can imagine how that can at some level make you feel less isolated that you can actually get words out we talk about that as human beings our need to get words out uh, i'm a very wordy person i am, have to imagine a lot of people in my life would love for me to have conversation with ai before i conversation with them just so i don't so i got my words out right <laughs> and that way i can have a normal conversation i can imagine that people who live alone or feel extremely isolated being able to walk in and have a conversation back and forth with an operating system, AI entity, whatever it could actually in and of itself could feel somewhat better. I think the danger is that we forget that machines by nature and this little theological here, machines by nature don't have a soul. It makes it very different. And I even think some of the robotic stuff that they're trying to gravitate towards to imitate human to human contact through robotic relationship is going to be leaving people empty. However, a lot of the conversation right now, dealing with different purposes of robots, for example, is being able to provide people with something they can touch and talk to that's not a human being, especially if they have a hard time developing and maintaining human relationships. I think if we lose human relationships, we're in real trouble and substituting any kind of machinery for a relationship. And we do that already, by the way, right? You can go in a family where everybody's on their iPad, they're all on their phones, they're all sitting in the room, but they're actually avoiding each other by being connected with people not in the room. So one person I know recently started a new role. They've got kids in the house that when you walk in their house, they have actual holders for everybody's and their Androids. So when you walk in, the first thing you do is you shelve your phones. And it is interesting. The first time I experienced that, it's like, what do we do? And then quickly, we went into human mode. We play games. We chat with each other. We joke. We start telling stories. And it's really amazing that every time I walk into that household now and the phones go up in the little holsters, it gives life to the room. And I think it's something we need to watch and really think through. I
1: think it brings up a very good point that chat GPT can actually make issues of loneliness and isolation worse. It's an artificial relationship. It's not an emotional, true relationship with another human. And my final question, can our humanity survive AI?
0: I sure hope so.
1: (laughs) Based on a couple of books that I've read, like Stephen Hawkins and your all harari of sapiens
0: yeah i'm hopeful that it can we've survived this far i mm-hmm. think that's one thing i think if you go back a thousand years there was probably something else where people said can humanity survive this
1: y2k yeah <laughs> yeah 2k yeah.
0: or i'm not sure what it would be but humanity has survived massive pandemics yeah. humanity has survived a lot outside of some geological catastrophe or some asteroid hitting earth, it seems like we'll be able to, maybe I'm just being Pollyanna about it, but I always feel like even though there are smart AIs and smart bots, there's always some smart humans too.
3: I will say in a conversation, I was having friends and family, one of the individuals in the room is a lawyer and he made the comment He said, I don't know where we go with it. They use it all the time in their firms. Legal firms are using a chat GPT specifically a lot. And they've got to watch it because sometimes it'll give bad information. So they have to really Mm -hmm. check it. But we got in this conversation about where does it end up with AI and all of that? And he said, I don't know where it ends up, but I do suspect in my heart of hearts, it is the beginning of the end of humanity and i was really taken aback by that comment thinking this is a really sharp individual who in reflection is just saying i do think that some of the naysayers about this have something
0: we covered a lot of ground here today appreciate everybody's input thank you this was this is a great conversation and we'll have more conversations like this as well so keep listening to the podcast if you have any ideas for us to cover let us know, shoot an email to podcast at MKT.